Welcome to Scary Mysteries, everyone. You've come to the right place for your true crime fix. You know, for the most part, we all love our grandparents. They love to feed and spoil us. Always there to greet us with open arms and warm smiles. In fact, the love a grandparent has can be so great that they might even be willing to break the law or risk their own lives just to keep us safe. In today's video, we'll look at five stories that portray our elders going above and beyond, and whether or not you feel they're for the right reasons, it's up to you to decide. Here are five elders who abducted their grandchildren. Number five, David and Susan McConnell. This story all began when Susan McConnell's daughter, who we'll call Pearl for the purposes of privacy, split up with her husband and began dating another man. And despite that man being a known sex offender, Pearl still brought her three young kids around him. They were ages 14, 12, and 10. Knowing this, grandmother Susan stepped in and demanded custody of the three kids, which her daughter agreed to, signing over custody in 2017. But that affair with the sex offender didn't last all that long, and months later, Pearl reconciled with her husband, and together, they sought to regain custody of the kids. However, Susan and her husband, David, flat out refused. In fact, Pearl even said that her mom said she would kill her if she ever attempted to gain custody of the kids, and that Susan would disappear so no one would find her. After a battle in court, the judge awarded custody to the original parents, and that's when David and the kids disappeared. Their home in Washington was searched on and off continually, hoping to catch them, but neither the grandfather nor the children were found. Meanwhile, Susan stayed back to be visible, appearing in court testifying that she had no idea where her husband was, although her niece said during court proceedings that on multiple occasions, She heard her aunt talking on the phone with her husband. Eventually, Susan disappeared too, and then finally in February of 2019, 14 months after the disappearance, the McConnells were found, having been hiding in a home in Marksville, Louisiana. When authorities arrived at the scene, they were stunned to find that the couple had 20 firearms with them. Over no resistance was made, and the couple was peacefully arrested and held on a $500,000 bail. The kids, meanwhile, were reunited with their mother. But this story doesn't end there exactly. Word got around about another scandal, one of rape and secrecy, as according to Pearl, she had been raped by her stepfather David when she was 12 years old. This continued until she was 14 when she gave birth to her first child, who was older than the three kidnapped by the grandparents. That investigation, however, is still ongoing. Love can sometimes be a motive for kidnapping, but things aren't always black and white in life, and there's a lot of gray area. Although Susan had hidden her grandchildren away from the man her daughter was dating, she also put them in close proximity with her husband, another potential sex offender with years of abuse in his past. No story is ever clear-cut, but a chaos of confusing threads that make up most of human life. Number 4. Shane and Lynette Schultz 
48-year-old Shane Schultz and his 47-year-old wife Lynette were worried about their six-year-old granddaughter. The family had just been through a tragic loss when the Schultz's daughter died, but now they were more than just grieving. They were anxious, thinking of the child they loved with her 27-year-old father and his new girlfriend, and those fears grew worse when they heard that their young son-in-law got arrested on an out-of-county warrant and that the child was now left with his girlfriend. The Schultzes decided to file for custody, but in November of 2013, they'd still not completed all the necessary paperwork and red tape. In their minds, this must have seemed like an endless process, and they wanted custody of their child right away in order to protect her. So, they decided to do the only thing they could think of. Kidnap the little girl. The plan they hatched involved themselves and two friends, 43-year-old Robert Kakati and 37-year-old Christian McKeeston. On November 21, 2013, they put their scheme into action, knocking on the door of the girlfriend's Michigan apartment where the child lived. They rapped at the door, saying they were from the Department of Human Services, and when she opened, they barged inside. Lynette forced the girlfriend into a closet and they grabbed her cell phone while taking the child. They then fled the scene and police were immediately notified of the abduction and they then set up traffic stops along the highway in every direction. A short time later, with nowhere to turn, the vehicle containing the grandparents, their friends, and the little girl was stopped along Interstate 75 near Bridgeport. The court hearing was an emotional one for the grandparents, considering that they lost both their daughter and granddaughter in such a short span of time. But the judge and prosecutors were kind, understanding their emotional struggles coupled with the fact that not one of the four had any criminal records. They were ordinary people who were just facing an extraordinary challenge in life, and because of that, they received light sentences. The grandparents got one year of probation, and the friends got just six months. So let this be a reminder that we're all capable of breaking the law depending on what goes down. Here were four good people who had done nothing wrong in their lives, conspiring now to kidnap a little girl, breaking and entering, committing assault and battery, as well as abduction. Number three, Teresa O'Driscoll. Legal battles over the custody of children is always tough. Many times the true needs of the children can be overlooked, and it becomes a tense, selfish, personal fight between the grown-ups on both sides. In British Columbia, Jacqueline O'Driscoll was pronounced unfit to have custody over her two daughters, five-year-old Leonine O'Driscoll-Zach and two-year-old Wyatt O'Driscoll-Zach, The court battle was tough, but in the end, it became clear that Jacqueline was unwell, and custody was granted to the children's father, Colin Zack. A man who loved his kids must have been a relief for him to know that he could finally take care of them and give them the proper love and care they needed in life. But in March of 2021, when he drove over to pick them up from their grandmother, 68-year-old Teresa O'Driscoll, he found out that they were gone vanished. Terrified, he immediately went to the Cochrane police for help, but authorities said the case didn't match the criteria for an Amber Alert to be activated. 
Even though Colin knew the girls were in the hands of someone who loved them, he was anxious to get them back. According to him, all he wanted to do was have them safe with him, where they could begin the process of healing together. But still, no matter how many people he enlisted to help him finding them, all the efforts fell flat. Thankfully, though, after a month of waiting and searching, the runaway family was finally located. The Alberta RCMP found Teresa with the two little girls and their 38-year-old aunt, Allison O'Driscoll, in a house in the Columbia Valley. The children were safe and were immediately taken by child care services before being reunited with their joyful father. As for Teresa and Allison, things didn't bode well for them. They were arrested and charged with abduction and forcible confinement, and if convicted, they can spend many years in jail for that crime. You have to wonder what could be going on in the minds of people who take drastic measures like Teresa O'Driscoll did. She very well knew that she was going against the court's orders by abducting her two grandchildren, but she still seemed to think it was worth it, that possibly she'd get away with it. Love and the need to protect family can lead some to do some very strange and risky things. Number 2. Marvin and Sandra Maple Debbie Baskin and her husband Mark were going through a tough time financially back in 1987. Mark wanted to pursue his master's degree, but the couple had a hard time securing jobs to support this dream. They felt that things were hopeless for them in their hometown of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and decided to move to Louisville, Kentucky to try their luck in a more metropolitan setting. And knowing that things would be hard for them even there, they decided to split their family up for the time being. What they didn't know, though, was that this would be a mistake that they would regret for the rest of their lives. The Baskins had three children, Michael, Christy, and Bobby. After much contemplation, they decided to take Michael along with them to Kentucky, while Christy and Bobby would stay behind with Debbie's parents, Marvin and Sandra Maple. Arrangements were made, and the trio left for Louisville, breaking the family up for what they thought would be a few short months. But when they arrived in Kentucky, they found out that things were harder than they anticipated. Months went by and they still couldn't secure any jobs, and at the same time, things were becoming strained between the Baskins and the Maples. They started getting into arguments, and more and more, the grandparents withheld visiting rights from Debbie and Mark. Things got so bad that eventually, the Maples wouldn't allow the Baskins to sleep over at their house. So, in order to spend time with the children, Debbie and Mark had to rent a motel room to gather the whole family together. It was then that the legal battles began. The Baskins and Maples began to fight over custody of Christy and Bobby. And what shocked Debbie and Mark were the allegations that the older couple made against them. According to them, the kids' parents had abused Bobby during his stay with them at a motel. Bobby was questioned and he explained that yes, he had in fact been abused. However, the lead investigator found his testimony bizarre. And because there was no proof of it, concluded that he might have been coached on what to say. In May of 89, a final hearing was unscheduled. By then, it was almost clear that custody would be granted back to the parents. A few weeks before that hearing, court guardian Karen Hornsby 
decided to call the Maples to confirm their meeting with the Baskins. However, she couldn't get in touch with them. And now suspicious, she went to their house and was shocked to find that it was up for sale. The grandparents and two children were nowhere to be found. From that time onwards, the Maples lived life on the run. They were spotted several times in different states, living under false names, but each time investigators closed in on them, they vanished once again. Debbie and Mark were devastated, but all they could do was hope and wait for a reconciliation. Fast forward now to 2009, after two whole decades on the run. Marvin was finally found and arrested. It was only then that news of Sandra's death three years earlier was heard by most of the family. Christy and Bobby were now well-adjusted adults. While it's tempting to envision a happy reunion with their parents, things didn't go that way. The pair refused to meet up with their mom and dad, insisting that they had suffered abuse at their hands. Until today... No one can be sure if that's true, or if they were brainwashed by their grandparents to believe it. Meanwhile, Marvin pleaded guilty to the abduction and was sentenced to probation, and he passed away in 2016. Number 1. Carlos and Jemima Gumares Divorces are the hardest when children are involved. Besides the usual fights over alimony and property, there is the sensitive, explosive issue of which parent is going to have custody of the kids. In 2012, three-year-old Nico Braun's mother, Brazilian national Marcel Gumares, was in the process of getting a divorce with her American husband, Chris Brand. The divorce was tough, and it was unclear who would get custody of the boy. Then... In July of 2013, Marcel told her husband that she would take their son to Brazil for a few days to attend her brother's wedding. She left, but little did Chris know that Nico would never again return to the States. And from that day, Marcel refused to bring the child back, even gaining custody for him from the Brazilian court. Her parents, Carlos and Jemima Gumares, aided her from beginning to end helping her conceal her motives and move the boy back to their home country. For the next few years, things were unimaginably hard for Chris. He spent a great deal of money just flying to Brazil to visit his son. Added to that struggle was the fact that Nico eventually stopped speaking English altogether, so Chris had to learn Portuguese to communicate with him. Meanwhile, the grandparents, Carlos and Jemima, were arrested for aiding in the abduction of their grandchild, and international kidnapping. The consequences they faced were a $75,000 fine and several months spent in prison. Brand says he still fights to get his child back. However, he hasn't been able to fly to Brazil in a while, stating that he could be arrested for owing his wife and back child support as ordered by the Brazilian court. If you enjoy watching this, guys, and check out our social media pages and Patreon for exclusive content you're not going to find anywhere else. Hope you enjoyed that one, and thanks for tuning in. Stay safe out there.